It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— with new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Welcome in. Good to have you on board here on Follow the Money. It's VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas. From the Circa Resort and Casino, we'll, we're going to begin this hour uh, continuing our summer-long look at college football conferences as we preview them with professional sports better Paul Stone. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at Paul Stone Sports, and that is the exact same name as his podcast as well, which you can get wherever you listen to your podcast. Happy Fourth today, Paul. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Oh, doing well, doing well. Just uh, glad to be on with you guys uh, talking college football on the 4th of July and hope everybody has a, a safe and uh, fun-filled holiday. Back at you. Okay, so this week you're going to preview the American Athletic Conference. Before we get a couple of uh, win totals from you and uh, an outright winner or two as well, can you explain how this conference uh, looks so much different than last year? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, last season it was an 11-team conference. Uh, they lose, I think, most notably people uh, have heard about the loss of, of three of their top members, Cincinnati, Central Florida, and Houston, who all move over to the expanded Big 12. But they add six teams while losing three. Those three, they add six, those being uh, UT San Antonio, Florida Atlantic, UAB, Rice, North Texas, and Charlotte. So they go again from 11 teams to 14 teams. The conference overall uh, somewhat weaker, but from the standpoint of the 2023 uh, football race, uh, really no clear-cut favorite in my mind that really stands out from the field. Going to be a lot of balance, I believe. Could be an underdog league. You know, you're going to have a lot of teams that are fairly close, I think, in terms of uh, overall strength. Uh, just really, uh, really interesting, you know, UTSA, Tulane, SMU, Memphis, obviously uh, probably the top contenders this year. But uh, I think it makes for an interesting league. And in today's college football, you know, you're going to be teams like uh, conferences rather like the AAC. You're going to be losing some teams. So you got to you got to pick up whom you can, you know, to try to try to keep the league uh, going forward and uh, try to stay relevant. Do you ever recall turnover like this from coach? There's 14 teams in the league. Seven of them have a new coach now. Yeah, that's just uh, that's, that's just incredible. Yeah, uh, again, it's just uh, speaks again to just the changing face of college football. I think there's just so much money, uh, there's so much revenue that teams uh, and fan bases have even shorter leashes and shorter fuses. So coaches have uh, shorter tenures, and you know they're always. Uh, you know, trying to get better, and sometimes I don't think uh, coaches get enough time to, uh, you know, implement their systems and, and recruit a full cycle and those types of deals. But, yeah, just a lot of coaching turnover. Half the, Like you said, half the teams have new first-year head coaches. So, man, it could be a crazy year in the American Athletic. Okay, your first win total here in the AAC. Let's begin with Tulane. Their number is 9.5. They're coming off that uh, magical season from a year ago. Uh, incredible to follow that team. 
and uh, what they did in the bowl game against USC on top of it. Uh, a couple things here. How do they replace running back Ty J. Spears, who was excellent as a college running back? I know they have a bunch back on the offensive line. And also, they lost their defensive coordinator to Oregon. They replaced him eventually with the guy who was at Troy last year who was good on that side of the ball. So overall, what do you make of this number of 9.5 with the win total in Tulane? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you, you mentioned it. Yeah, what a magical season last year for Tulane. They win only two games uh, in 2021. They win the AAC conference title uh, rally to beat Southern Cal in the Cotton Bowl, finished 12-2. and two. But, you know, I like to say that was then and this is now. And I think this Tulane team, uh, as you kind of touched on, they have a lot of changeover. You know, obviously, first of all, they lose a lot of critical pieces off that 2022 roster. You mentioned the most notable of those being Ty J. Spears. And then, two, I also think there are several factors that point to some type of regression to the mean. You know, first of all, the personnel losses. You mentioned Spears. But that guy was such a big-time player on offense. He rushed for almost 1,600 yards last year, averaged just a tick under seven yards a carry, accounted for a total of 21 touchdowns. So a lot of production there. And then defensively, Tulane loses its top five tacklers from a season ago. Uh, that uh, total includes linebackers Dorian Williams and Nick Anderson. Those were veteran guys, multi-year starters, Williams and Anderson combined for a total of 599 tackles, so 600 tackles during their collegiate career. So that type of production leadership not easily replaced either. And now for some, you know, what I call p- potential regression to the mean items, last year on offense, Tulane averaged 34.8 points per game. Uh, that was versus FBS opponents. That was 11 points more than it averaged in 2021. And then on defense last year, the Green Wave only allowed 23.9 points per game. That was 11.5 points fewer than they gave up in 2021. So I think they're likely to come back to the field a little bit in those categories. Also, they were plus five in turnover differential last year, plus two in net close games, uh, those being games decided by seven or fewer points. And now for the kicker on Tulane, and it comes with a trivia question, guys. I think this is going to be an underhanded toss for you guys, man, with your vast wealth of historical college football knowledge. Oh, no. But not counting last year, so prior to last season, the last time that Tulane won that more, excuse me, won more than seven games before last year, the last time they won more than seven games in the regular season was way back in 1998. Yeah. Can you name Tulane's starting quarterback on that 1998 football team, 12 and 0? A, a, a big fella now, Sean King. <laughs> Sean King. All right. <laughs> Your fellow VSEN uh, on air personality. So, Sean quarterbacked that team way back in 1998. And again, prior to last year, that was the last time Tulane had won more than seven games oh, in that record. Jesus. Season. So, Excellent. 23 straight regular seasons, 1999 through 2021. Never won more than seven games in any of the regular seasons. Uh, I, I think Tulane's a lot more to uh, a lot more likely rather to win nine games All or right. fewer than they are to win ten games or more. So give me Tulane under nine and a half at one minus one fifteen at uh, FanDuel. About four minutes left. How about North Texas? Mean Green seven wins last year. One of the seven teams with a new head coach this year. What do you think of the Mean Green? You know they've got a new coach, uh, as you mentioned, thirty-seven year old uh, Eric Morris. Played wide receiver at Texas Tech for the late Mike Leach back in the mid-2000s. An offensive-minded coach, uh, earned his stripes at uh, FCS Incarnate Word there in San Antonio. Spent last year as the offensive coordinator uh, at Washington State before getting the head job at North Texas. They're obviously implementing new offensive and defensive systems. Got a new coaching staff. I don't think he's got a quarterback on, on the roster that really – um, you know, it was an ideal fit for his system. And like many group of five schools, North Texas, they suffered significant personnel uh, losses through the portal, lost their top defensive player, uh, first-team all-conference linebacker Larry Nixon Jr. to Auburn, lost a big-time receiver, Jair Shorter, averaged a little bit over 27 yards of reception in 2022, lose him to Auburn as well. Uh, you know, you look at this schedule, they, I think they're going to win maybe three or four games in non-conference. But looking at their conference schedule, 
I don't have them favored in more than three conference games max. Morris is an up-and-coming coach. Might be a power five uh, guy one of these days, but I think six and six would be a really nice start for Morris in his first regular season. North Texas to go under six and a half wins at DraftKings at minus 110. Okay, how about a pick to win it then? A couple picks. The Roadrunners from UTSA won 11 games last year. And you also have Florida Atlantic with Tom Herman now taking over. And they he went 22-4 and four at Houston. How about a couple picks to win the uh, win the league? Yeah, you look at this UTS team, they do travel uh, on Thanksgiving uh, Saturday in the regular season finale to play uh, at defending champ Tulane. I would today make Tulane a three-and-a-half or four-point favorite in that game. Even if Texas San Antonio loses uh, at Tulane in the regular season finale, uh, they would still have an outstanding shot uh, to qualify for the AAC title game uh, as one of the league's top two regular season finishers. You know, they lose Zachary Franklin, their star receiver, to Ole Miss in early June, but they return a lot of offensive firepower. That includes their seventh-year uh, quarterback, Frank Harris, a lot of talented receivers, uh, a star running back in Gaborian Barnes. So got a lot of talent back. They've got a, a huge staff that I think is relevant and hugely interesting, in my opinion, in their last seven regular season games as a single-digit underdog dating back to late in the pandemic season of 2020, the Roadrunners in those seven games, not only 7-0 and against the spread in those games, but they won all seven of those games outright. So not a bad stat to have in our corner. Uh, I like Texas San Antonio at plus 450 there at DraftKings to win the league. And then if you want to go a little bit down the sheet, take a slightly longer shot. You mentioned first-year head coach Tom Herman, 22-4, and those two seasons at Houston in 2015 and 2016. Didn't pan out at Texas, uh, but he, uh, again, performed quite well at the University of Houston. Last year, this Florida Atlantic team, they were on the short end of the stick in a lot of close games, lost four games by three points or fewer. Their quarterback is going to be Casey Thompson, who transfers in from Nebraska. He began his career playing for Herman there at Texas. He started 20 games at quarterback at the Power 5 level, so he brings uh, talent and experience to that critical position. You guys are probably familiar with Bill Connolly, uh, who provides content for ESPN. He does a returning production chart uh, during each preseason. This year, uh, in February, FAU ranked fifth. Out of all 133 teams in terms of returning production, I think FAU is worth a shot at plus 900 there at FanDuel. You can follow Paul on Twitter. He is at Paul Stone Sports, also the name of his podcast. Thank you, sir. Happy 4th. We appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for having me. Have a great uh, great holiday. Thanks, you Paul. Up next, what a leading insider is saying about a potential Damian Lillard trade, the information you want to hear when considering an NBA Finals future bet. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? It's updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes. You can see changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Check it out every game, vsin.com. Our thanks to uh, Paul Stone for waking up bright and early here on July 4th. He actually reached out last week. He's like, hey, you guys going to be on next Tuesday? We're going to keep going to the previews, right? Like, yeah, it's July 4th, man. If you want to pop on, that'd be awesome. Isn't that conference something? I mean, I know everything's going to is changing drastically in college football. Oh, but boy. The AAC leads the way with six teams in, three out, and seven of the 14 teams with a new head coach, including permanent Florida Atlantic, and that's now Trent Dilfer at UAB. How's that going to go for I, I don't know. It might take a while. but uh, And then Conference USA is a hound's breakfast as a result of all these teams moving, and uh, they're up to nine teams now and at, I guess, Kennesaw State next year. So uh, for those of you who have access to books offering nine and a half on Tulane, I will flat out tell you that I looked during the break at several Las Vegas sports books. I could only find two shops offering college football win totals. One is Circa. Other one is uh, William Hill. They both have nine on Tulane. So if you can find, I was shopping around trying to bet the under nine and a half. I don't, I don't find it anywhere here in town. So nine and a half appears to be a good number to the under on Tulane with great breakdown out there from Paul Stone. Yeah. Um, So the, the other news from yesterday is uh, in the, well, plenty of news to get into today yet, but in the NBA with uh, free agency beginning last Friday, it's a big name still available on the list. The biggest of which is Damian Lillard. And the fact that uh, he requested a trade from Portland on Saturday and what happened in the betting market uh, soon thereafter with the Heat number basically collapsing. All, I saw Circa post plus 705 on the Heat on Saturday to win the title when that news basically first came out. This is um, one of the leading insiders in this entire sport. Shams Sharinia with The Athletic explaining uh, Lillard potentially going to the Heat yesterday. I'm told Damian Lillard only wants to play for the Miami Heat. This is going to be a patient process. You're going to see Portland Trailblazers general manager Joe Cronin go through the league and track the market and see what else he can get in the marketplace for him. But I think like James Harden, Damian Lillard is the caliber of player and at the age where a preferred destination is the likely path. And when you think about Miami, I'm told there are three or four team scenarios in a potential deal with the Heat that would potentially net the Blazers several first round draft picks in a Lillard trade. And I think when you look at what Portland could want in a Damian Lillard deal, you're going to want assets, young players potentially moving forward, but definitely getting picks in a potential Lillard trade. Okay, so that was Shams Sharinia yesterday. And uh, with that being said, at DraftKings, they moved the player, you know, next team odds, Lillard to the Heat minus $3 now. And that's where it's sitting at today. 
And realistically speaking, maybe that should be higher. Maybe it should be yeah. minus $8. If you believe the reports, it's, it's very cheap. Although I don't think he has a lot of leverage because is he really going to sit out? I mean, if he, if he says Miami or bust, you know, if they call his bluff uh, because he has so, just signed that two-year extension for hundred over $100 million. The other thinking is maybe Miami's taking a chance too. Because you look at the, how that contract is, he's, you're looking at $60 million when he's like 36 years old. Yep. Will he still produce? Probably. No, and this guy, 32 points per game last year and just an assassin. But that's something also that people were throwing around the idea of, well, you know, look at the back end of that contract and what you have to deal with when he gets up there uh, in a few more years in age. But certainly how good he was last year and uh, makes Miami a legit contender there and if they can work this out, and it's going to take a while, and you're going to have to have several teams involved because, according to reports, Portland wants nothing to do with Hero. So if they would bring in Damian Lillard, like what kind of team are they going to keep around him, right? Reports over the weekend yeah. said that uh, Kyle Lowry could move on from you know, being a backup point guard. So will Dame go there, be the starting point guard, and then in that starting five, we're going to talk about Lillard, probably at the one slash two. Yeah, they don't have picks. No, they'll have Butler. Right. They'll have Adebayo. Are they going to keep Caleb Martin? And is Kevin Love the starting power forward for the Heat next year? Or yeah, is he coming yeah. off the bench? Yeah, I don't know what they're giving up in this. This is why this is so convoluted. Oh, and well, how many we, teams have to get involved? And if it's going to be picks, it's got to come from Brooklyn and other teams. Right, because you know that Tyler Hero is not going to be back on the team. Yes. Uh, I'm guessing Duncan Robinson's going to go. He won't be on the team. Do they keep Haquez? Who they drafted that in the first be, yeah. round from UCLA. Look good last night. I would yeah. say he's out. He had 22 in his uh, summer league debut last night. Yep. You would think that they're going to have to, because teams like him, you would think that uh, he would be on the move. If they could somehow keep him, I think that'd be a, a pretty nice coup to have. Um, do they keep Caleb Martin? Is he on the team? I know Josh I Richardson know. signed with the team. Yeah. So do they bring him back? Is Highsmith going to be on the team? Because they're not going to, they can't keep everybody. You have to give up something in order to get this guy. And if it's going to be like a Phoenix Suns type move when they brought in Kevin Durant, then I, I want, I bet the Heat over the weekend. I want nothing to do with those tickets then. But if they can somehow put together a, you know, a core of Dame, Butler, Adebayo, Love, keep Caleb Martin, keep Haquez, if they could do that, then I'm completely on board. And that would be like the six guys basically to have, and then you can put some other pieces around it. Okay. And maybe they can bring back Kyle Lowry as a backup point guard. We're talking about six, seven guys on a team that uh, without a lot of star power just went to the finals last year. I like what you were saying earlier, by the way, about, and this was yesterday too, you know, keep in mind what they were like in the regular season. They barely got into the playoffs. I would also point to this as a, as a reminder that the Bucks, Giannis got hurt. But also, in games four and five of that series, the Bucks blew double-digit leads in the fourth quarter in both of them, right? So that, could, that went from a 4-1 Heat series win. That easily could have been, you know, 3-2 Bucks going into a game six. Mm -hmm. But the Bucks have also flopped miserably, like four out of the last five years in the playoffs. This has the potential, the potential, to be one of the worst trades in NBA history, though, if, this, if it could go down this way. If they say Lillard and Nurkic for Lowry, Hakez, the Jovic kid, and some pick swaps, considering what just happened last year with Gobert and De Murray, it's an, it's an all-time bad trade because this guy averages 32 a game. And what, wow. and what San Antonio got for Murray with the three first-round picks and what Utah got <laughs> five picks and, and Kessler in, in the trade for Gobert. What that turned out to be. That would really be something. So this, if this is all it's going to be, and I know we're going to have to get other teams involved, and that's it's it's now uh, a mess with this report Miami or bust. But you know they you want to take that Nurkic trade too. But if you can get this guy who's thirty two a game, and it could just be Hero Lowry, Hakez, and pick swaps. My God, considering what happened last year. Yeah, that's you're gonna you're gonna have to have three or four teams involved. Yeah. You have to, because let's be honest here, Damian Lillard is better than any of those guys you just brought up. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, that's why it was an, well, an all-timer from the Minnesota side. Yes. They were out of their minds to do that deal. Um, do you want to, Do you think the Celtics, there's a chance the Celtics could still get involved? 
Now, I know he said he, he wouldn't go to Boston, but that's I don't see why he wouldn't. If he wants to win a championship, Boston's number one in the pecking order. I mean, and I do find it odd that this Jalen Brown thing hasn't been signed yet. Yeah. And if there's still a, a path to Houston with the Udoka connection, and who has more to give up than Boston? Well, you can start right there. How about some picks? I can go Brogdon and, and uh, Time Lord. That's a hell of a start. Or if I could do Brown with with uh, picks and, and I could d- uh, dangle Brogdon too, I, that's I, a I hell mean, of a start. I, I think if you are the Celtics, you have to be on the phone here. Yes. You have to be talking to Portland like on the hour, every hour, saying, are you sure? It's Jalen Brown. We're going to give you some picks. Because that, to me, is also pretty intriguing if I'm Portland, considering what you might get in return from other teams. I'd take Brogdon, Time Lord, and a pick. Yeah. If I'm Portland, Brown would go to Houston. Mm, you don't I, want that? Not no, good enough? No, that's not good. For Damian Lillard, no way. That's not good enough. Jalen Brown to start with, and then some picks. I'd be more intrigued by that. If I'm Portland, Robert, Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon, they're, they're very nice pieces. That, that, they're not even in the, to me, that's not even in the conversation as Damian Lillard. You'd have to really, really sweeten the pot for me at that point. Oh, but I also don't, on the record, I don't want to pay Jalen Brown $60 million no a year. No way. No way. No. Let Houston do that. You know, give what they just gave Van Vliet. What are they doing? Uh, that doesn't make any sense with Brooks and Van Vliet, but uh, they were close to Lopez, so I thought that's why they did the Van Vliet thing anyways. Well, the, the, the funny but money in the NBA is just... I mean, yeah, right. Contracts are out of control. That's why Halliburton got it right with the, with the tweet. Yeah. About Ted DiBiase laughing the entire time. Yeah. $260 million for him. Yeah. Well, business is good, but then you're only talking about 12 guys on a team. And, uh, yeah. But this is, look at what Ball got. I mean, are, are you even sure that guy is even a winner and can play at an elite level? And he got, he got the max, too. I know. Uh, door number one or door number two is up next. The biggest nuisance while watching games and trying to live bet would be... That's coming up here on Follow the Money, Visa, the Sports Betting Network. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. I'll be a Huckleberry. I'll be your customer acquisition. 76% boost on any MLB game today. 4th of July at DraftKings. Download the app today. Take advantage of the great special. Bet $5, get $150 in bonuses instantly. Promo code VEASAN. VEASAN. When you sign up, incredible boost today. Enjoy the baseball and the hot dogs. Great menu at DraftKings. DraftKings.com slash sportsbook. Full terms and conditions. Good luck. It's time to play everyone's favorite follow-the-money game. Live from the VEASAN studios. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? This is door number one. New high score! What does high score mean? New high score, is that bad? What does that mean? Should I break it? Or door number two. You get nothing! You lose! Good day, sir! Here's Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. All right, Polly, door number one. You're forced to watch a game without the score and time on the screen. Or door number two without your phone or device nearby. This is awesome. We have a great guest on Thursday, but it goes back to what things used to be like and how it, how hard it was to get a score. Imagine we used to watch sports and you didn't have score and time on there. I mean, you show an old NF game on NFL Network and it's like, well, what's going on? You know, like an old Brett Favre game and there's nothing on? NBC used to have the 10-minute ticker. And that's a big reason the, Fo- the new invention at Fox when they took over the NFL package was the guy said, because he was a soccer fan, he goes, how about the time and score on the game? And they thought he looked at him like he had two heads. Yeah. Said, that's, how do you, well, what if it's a blowout? People won't watch. And they, That's how they, they used to be. You'd have the game up. I would have to say door two, though. Because if it's a big-time game and then something happens and you're looking for, you know, maybe people who are at the game with the tweets and plus the in-play as well, that's a tough one, but I would have to go. Uh, I'd have to go. Yeah, I go the door one. I, I I want to have the phone nearby. Yeah, because I mean, this is like tying in, uh, you know, a previous generation to what yeah. it was like. Yeah. To today's world, like if you have to watch games at a sports booker at your house, 
on a busy day, you know, specifically, and all of a sudden you can't have a laptop or your iPhone or whatever device nearby to live bet and to look at other scores. I mean, we lose our damn minds. But try to go back, like you said. Yeah. Uh, how about ESPN Classic? Boy, I used to love that that, that uh, network. One. Another good one. And they would put on any game from the 80s or maybe even like the early 90s. And you're like, what am I looking at here? Who's playing? What? Where are we <laughs> what at in the quarter? game? What's the what score? Oh, I can't, my God. I mean, God. honestly, if I had to go back and watch those old games now, I can't even do it. Who was in charge? What were you thinking, these owners? They didn't want time and score up on the screen. They specifically said that. I, I can't imagine. Uh, think think about if they would reverse that today. Oh, watching sports would be almost it would be difficult. Yep. We started our team previews today. More on the Patriots coming up. Patriots to win the division, or the Texans to win the division. Same odds, mind you. Same odds, eight to one. Uh, I would have to go Houston eight to one to win the division. At eight to one, with those same odds, because you you look at what's in front of the Patriots. And they would have to surpass the the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Now that's it's not mission impossible. It's mission very difficult though. Yeah. For the Texans, I know the Jags are the one team in there that uh, you know they're odds on favor to win that division. Well, let's let's say Lawrence gets hurt, or let's say they're not nearly as good as the expectations say they're going to be this year, and then it's feasible where the Colts are no good. Or they're, you know, right around average. And the same thing with the Titans. And what if C.J. Stroud pops and he wins Rookie of the Year and they somehow win nine games? I, I got to go Texans 8-1 to one in this situation. All right. I agree with you. It's a, it's a hard pick, but that's it. that tells you the power of the AFC East, though, too. Yeah. Patriots over 7.5 for the Las Vegas Raiders over 7.5. Okay, one, now I, I can. These are two different bets, though. So having what I just said about the Patriots, I you got to pick. I want you to pick one over. I, I, I got to go over here on the Patriots because I basically did you bet the Raiders under yet? Yes, I did. Yeah, because you called that. You, juice. you brought that up a good uh, probably six yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, I, I yeah I was Barnwell had a breakdown on it from ESPN, and I'm just like this is I don't know. I get, they can get the six wins because if one thing goes wrong from injury standpoint. And you know Garoppolo or get hurt? Oh, boy. That's... And it's six and a half now. Yeah. It's some it spots. is six and a half, right? Yeah. Yeah, so a couple of moves, by the there way. Are, there are some seven and a halves, but a significant juice to the under. That move, did you realize the Niners yeah. win total opened up 11 and a half at some spots? And sharp bettors immediately took the under on that. That's why other books were opening up 10 and a half. Um, so that's another one. But I, I want nothing to do with the Raiders over seven and a half. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I'm not going to bet the Patriots either, but in this one here, oh, I, I, I... Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. I want to see what you thought about that. Door one, Houston over or the Colts over? Also the same number, six and a half. Oh, my God. Where are you at with the Colts? Are they juiced the same? Yeah, we'll, we'll say for we'll this. We'll say they are here. Yes. Uh, golly. Got to pick one. Now, again, I just told you that in the other scenario, I'd take the Texans 8-1 to one against the Patriots. But here, I think I'd go Colts over... Because let's not forget that the Colts had Super Bowl aspirations last year. Plenty of people were high on the Colts. Now, factoring in, that was Matt Ryan coming in, and I don't think anybody really saw you know, him falling off a cliff and this, that being his last year. But also, like nobody really saw that happening with the Colts' offensive line because they were elite for many years before that. And the yeah. offensive line, suddenly, they couldn't play. They forgot how to play football. But like they still have a lot of good pieces and a lot of good parts so, uh, again, if Richardson's okay, they're going to have Jonathan Taylor back this year. They have some decent receivers. The defense, I think, is going to be pretty good. I would rather take the Colts over six and a half here. You? I concur. Have you seen a, a matchup? No, but that, see, it's easy. It's easy for that division, right? Okay, well, Lawrence regresses or he gets hurt. Titans blow it up. They rebuild. Stroud comes in, plays well, new head coach, shot in the arm, whatever. But I, I can't see the Patriots winning nine games. And to think that's good enough to win the division, no, no way. It's too, yeah. this, the division's too strong. Agreed. Uh, door number one, betting on the Heat to win the title with Damian Lillard, or door number two, betting on the 76ers to win the title oh, God. with Dame? Door one, because of the culture and, and Spolstra. And I know you get Nurse, who's a good head coach, but it goes back to the fact you haven't 
You haven't made it to the conference finals since uh, 2001. And the history of the Philadelphia 76ers. I love Lillard, but it's, I mean, I, I just went, though. I, I, I mean, I just went to the conference finals as an eight seed. And playoff Jimmy is scary. And now to add that, plus they couldn't make a shot for the most part in that series against Denver. Yeah, and on top that, of that, that wouldn't happen with Lillard. On top of that, the 76ers can't get out of the second round. I know uh-huh. it would be potentially different with Lillard. Well, what does but, the team look like, though, too? Okay, fine. I have to give up all these pieces and supporting cast if I'm Miami? All right, fine. I'll take Lillard, Butler, and Bam and take my chances. What am I giving up, though, to get him with Philly? Do I still have Maxi? I doubt it. Or do I yeah. have Harris? What does that look like? I don't yeah. know. Uh, door number one, better feeling. Hitting an outright winner in golf or door number two, hitting a jackpot in video poker? Definitely door one. It rarely happens for me. As a, you know, door, door two, it could be as low as $1,200, though. That's the thing. You could hit you, you could hit a jackpot. How about a Royal? How about dealt four to the Royal and I finally get one? That's been a long time coming. Um, I'd have to go door one just because it's, it's a struggle, man. It's hard to do. Just look what happened this past weekend with the playoff and even Fowler. Well, 14 to 1, 12 to 1, but it was an adventure, and he gets there and finally wins for the first time in four years. Door one. Yeah, and also that's like part of the handicap, right, is that your process went well. You narrowed it down to a couple of guys, and one of the you know one of the golfers that you selected and made the bet on actually does his job. And it's so by the way, it's over four days. Like we could go, yeah. it could also might take four days to hit a jackpot. But we could go out here in theory right now and play three hands and hit a jackpot, which would be great. But it'd be like, oh, that okay, really? In golf, you can enjoy it for that long overall. I'll say like if the if the amount of money that you win is equal. Let's say you win a ten thousand dollar jackpot, video poker, or you hit a golfer outright that pays ten thousand dollars i still got to go golf i'd go to then instant gratification but that's yeah well you're right you could play a five dollar denomination a four of any four of a kinds of jackpot then at that point yeah oh so you but, want the instant gratification over watching well it? if it's a tight if that's if it's ten thousand yeah okay i'd rather have it right away and then as opposed to the three or four day sweat okay very good there you go door one and door yeah. two you might argue first round leader is more difficult to cash than an outright. Actually, the first, first, your first round leader is a it's up for grabs. That's probably a better comparison, actually, than yeah. Because again, if you go sit down and play four hours right now, video poker, you might very well hit a jackpot one. And then you know, in theory, if you watch your guy in the morning round and he goes, he shoots a sixty-one. This is what you went through with Wu. Yeah, and that's what. Right. But that's you can do that though. You can get a, a long shot and a guy you never heard of and or. Not a big name. And bam, seven. Generally, that happens nowadays. Yeah, it is. Right? Hal right. Hall and all this crap that's happened. It's really a great MLB card today here on July 4th. We'll run down a lot of the uh, numbers that stand out today. Coming up next here on Beeson. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from The Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets every host and guest. You get unlimited access to the VSEN.com slash picks page, which you can sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, ROI, and who has the hot hand, pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, dog videos. Become a subscriber today. $19. VSEN.com slash subscribe. All right, some feedback during today's show. Email is uh, ftm at vcin.com. We are getting comments on Twitter today. Um, at vcin live at Mitch Moss Radio at Paulie Howard. First of all, this is from uh, G Weezy on Twitter. <laughs> the youngins have no idea what watching the CNN ticker for 30 minutes waiting for a score no. was like. No. It's the, the 28 and 58. Oh, come on. Da-da-da-da. Why did it take so long? Can you believe oh God, it? it took- I mean, I guess it's like you could use the smoke on airplanes. You think the feet are a problem now. I mean, imagine that the guy next to you is doing t- two packs. But it's it, it just astonishing that these people could be so dumb and not even have simple stuff with graphics. And, and then they fought it when the guy who originally brought it up, who was a soccer fan. Right. Right. They're like, no, that's not a good idea at all. Their if whole comeback a- was if it's a blowout, people will shut the game off. He's like, I don't know. It could be the first quarter. I don't know what the hell's going on in the game. Of course. How can you watch a sporting event? You don't know the time uh, in the score. But to back to the other guy, and we're both in our mid-40s. But that was like Jerome. Now, perfect timing with the guest we have coming up on Thursday. But with Jerome Jerenovich and uh, Van Earl Wright, you had to watch CNN to get a damn score in, in, in the yep. 90s and 80s. Yeah. You couldn't get a score. I mean, I would time out. <laughs> Seriously, I would time, I would look at this, the time. and It would be like, hey, it's 24 after. I'm like, okay, f- Four minutes. I got to go turn it on TV. I want to know what scores are happening. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. What a joke. And you Couldn't know. believe they did things that way. Yep, this Cannot is... believe it. And the guy who's a bartender, I used to call score phone and get the score uh, You know, every, every 10, 15 minutes about what was going on in games around the country. And yep. I mean, imagine if you, if you had a better, just you were a fan. Good luck getting a score. You brought up uh, not having kids earlier. This is from Rome. He says, uh, anything, quote, your kids related issue is the worst during live games. Diaper changing, food prep, fight breakups, etc. It always seems to happen with 624 left in the fourth quarter. (laughs) Uh, And pretty much uh, we did top five holidays for sporting events earlier during top five Tuesday. I left off Memorial Day because I just said I think July 4th is better overall uh, for me. July, uh, July 4th was in my top five. I had St. Patty's Day number four because it's right around the first four days of the madness. New Year's Day number three, still got to do it with the college football bowls. Thanksgiving two, and I, I just I love Labor Day weekend because it means the start now of football season and that full day of college football, and then you get some on Sunday and Monday as well. Every single person responding on Twitter or an email has said you have to have Memorial Day on the list. No. Because they brought up, well, first of all, we're getting plenty of feedback. You don't from, know about the NBA schedule, though. Yeah, neither, we didn't have one this last year. Yes. I, I'm not it a big racing early. fan, but everybody no. says that we got to include because of the races. Okay, if you'd like to. Um, it's a full baseball card, true. You get a NASCAR race, 
generally the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs as well. I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it's... I like it. There's a lot of ifs here. Yeah, the, yeah racing Indy 500s on that day. Yeah. To me, Christmas can become right there with Thanksgiving if the NFL was going to try to steal this away and take well, the day from the NBA. Yeah, that, that's the game changer, right? That's, you're right. I don't know what they're going to do when it falls on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, etc. But if they're going to have this game plan of putting at least two games on, on Christmas, then watch out. And then to me, Thanksgiving is the nuts with you're at least getting at least four football games. One of them starts early, and it's turkey all day. Yeah. But uh, still, you can't lose, even if the NFL is going to put one game on. Because you're going to get five in the NBA, and it's usually their, their go-to teams, stars, uh, games, etc. menu. All right. Um, as for today's big card in Major League Baseball, again, because it is Independence Day, we have that uh, 11.05 first pitch in the nation's capital as uh, the Nationals host the Reds. Another win yesterday for Cincinnati, by the way. They held on. By the way, Diaz picked up his 24th save. With that score. Yeah. Luke you Weaver. get that out of Weaver. Yep. So now it's Corbin going today. And uh, this email is from Scott, as he points out, happy Corbin Day. Brett Kennedy makes his debut yeah. uh, against Corbin. Can you say one word? Over. Well, Corbin hasn't been that bad, though. I, I'm not betting against him he, this year. Yeah, he, and he was solid his last time out, too. So they're actually playing well. You know, and, and uh, that's another thing. So you're probably right. But it's not it's not the auto play like it was. Um, and, and staying with this theme and division, after talking to Derek Carter yesterday, I've, I've added more on the Brewers to win the NL Central. Do you concur? Uh, he, he's adamant the Reds are missing the playoffs. Okay, so... And you, then the, the, it's now a seven-game lead over the Cubs. So you say what you want about the Brewers. They're playing good ball. They both are now. I mean, the Reds are a great story since June. But Milwaukee's now, what, seven over 500. They were plus 110 the other day. Yes, I've been taking more of that. I You're plus, still seeing plus 110? Yeah, and I, I took some 130 as well. Hmm. What do you think? Well, I haven't done it yet. Again, I'm sitting... I have two bets in this division. I have the Reds at 101 from April 4th. I forgot about that. And yes. I did, uh, yeah. during, it was right away too when the Pirates were hot. I brought up on the year, you might want to get down at 80 to 1. Well, we got off like that day, and then we're down to 35 to 1. I have the Pirates at 35 to 1. So I have huge numbers on those two teams. Pirates ticket is probably dead, but with that Reds ticket at 100 to 1, I might start, I don't know what I want to do yet. Because I'm, I'm kind of with him. I, I don't trust this pitching other than like Abbott right now. Well, I know, th- things have changed. Remember, it wasn't that long ago where it was all these four teams were right up there and it was tight, but now there's separation. Now that Milwaukee and Cincinnati are seven over and Cubs seven back, Pirates seven, six and a half back. I'll tell you one game that's uh, really on the move here, and that is uh, the Marlins with Lazardo yep. going against Wainwright and the Cardinals. And uh, right now, across the screen, the Marlins are as high as eighty. This morning now, dollar seventy-five currently at DraftKings. The team total here with uh, Miami is four and a half. They should be. Uh, Wainwright has just been awful. Yep, ERA of almost eight, and awful last time out batting practice. So you think uh, the Marlins would get to him, and you can get? Yeah, yeah. I still see some places plus money on the run line. So you could, you, that's a good way to operate too. Yeah, I, I like that. Maybe maybe a first five team total over again. Yeah, against some of these same um, pitchers. Now Luke Weaver was. Fine yesterday, yeah. Uh, for the first time, pretty much all year long. So it happens. But when you bet against them repeatedly in a spot like that, you, you know you're up quite a bit betting against them uh, on the entire year. This is, uh, by the way, Wainwright's earned runs allowed. Oh my God, it's so bad. He's allowed two runs once this year. Every other start's been three, and most starts have been four or higher. I mean, the last two starts he allowed six earned runs, and the start before that against the Cubs he allowed seven. Yikes, man. And maybe Houston starts to take off here. And when we come back from vacation, they're in first place, and I'm waiting for the Dodgers to explode as well. And they lost two out of three at home uh, in their last series. No, where were they? Uh, their last series, they got beat two out of three, but they start with the win, Grove uh, in place of Kershaw. But um, it's pretty easy schedule in July. And uh, maybe they're in first place by the time uh, the week's up too. Yep. But uh, I'm very concerned with Texas now. They've lost 7-10. to 10. Yeah, and uh, 
they got to make some more moves here this month. They, they really do. Some other games that we have on the board today. I like a prop bet. I like uh, Clark Schmidt under his outs. Talked about this an hour ago. Here are his outs recorded by start going back a long ways now. 16-16. Um, There's a 14 in there. Another 16. He had an 18 out performance. 17-15-15 and 14. His outs prop today is 17.5 against the Orioles. Um, you know, he's actually been pretty decent overall. But he just he doesn't pitch enough innings generally to get over seventeen and a half. So I like him to go under again in this game. And you brought up as a sidebar uh, Gibson probably under his outs prop as well. One and four team record in June. He had an ERA of almost seven. He is horrible during the day as well. What do you have on Bassett? Bassett on the road ERA five point eight nine compared to at home two point four one. That's a three and a half run difference where he is on the road compared to at home. The whip, every single number, awful on the road compared to at home, which is where he is at today and favored against Lucas Giolito. And Giolito at home, 2.36 ERA, 0.9 whip on the road, 4.71 ERA, and a 1.5 whip. So he is two runs better, two plus runs better at home. Bassett's three and a half runs worse with the ERA on the road, and yet he's laying $1.25 today. I know that that's not the be-all, end-all, but uh, Giolito rock solid so far at home on the season, and Bassett's had a couple of explosions on the road. I also, I mean, I think the best game on the entire card today is San Diego against the Angels, and yep. Mus- Musgrove's been really, really good last seven starts. Otani's been elite, you know, back-to-back starts now for the Angels. Trout left with an injury late last night and said it, it, it doesn't look good, yep. was his quote. Okay, uh, we will get into... The annual hot dog eating contest. Nathan's, Coney Island, Joey Chestnut going for his eighth straight title. Johnny Avella, what a menu they have up at DraftKings. We'll talk about it with him coming up here on VSIN. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 